Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Pastors should teach their congregation. Don't scold them. Don't do it negatively, but little by little train them so they'll know when to keep quiet. Tell them when, when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation. Now, that not only means tongues and interpretation of prophecy. Holy Ghost manifest. We'll get into that later on because he talked to me quite a while about manifestations. And I saw some things differently than I've seen them before myself. He said, tell the people, see, to reverence me by being quiet. Tell them to listen. And then when God has spoken, to lift their hands and praise me. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Later in today's program, Ken and Lynette will tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan with today's message. And so uh, I said, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll teach. I'll give you Friday night, you see. That, that's our biggest crowd, Friday night, church meeting. I'll teach. And I'll just prove to you that won't work. Now, we had been going, you see, for one week, and, and we had one little girl lifted a hand for prayer. Nobody had been saved, nobody filled with the Spirit. And so I taught 45 minutes on the subject of faith and said, now, I'll give an altar call. No one nobody to come, but I'll give an altar call just to prove you. Give an altar call, and five grown men came and got saved. <laughs> well, I hadn't been able to sleep for praying. Now then I can't sleep for repenting. You know, some way or another, the Lord knew more than I did. Isn't that strange? And so uh, uh, the pastor told me, he said, Brother Hagin said, four of those men never had been saved before. In other words, never a member of anybody's church. Of course, church membership wouldn't save you, but at least show you as interested. The, in other words, there's brand new recruits. And not only that, but these five men are heads of family. In one service, he got four Brand new fam whole family. See, by getting the man, he got the family. He got four families in his church. Why, in those days in Pentecostal circles, if we had a three weeks revival and got six saved, two filled with the Holy Ghost, we thought we had a landslide. <laughs> and here he got four families one night. I went to another church, so I just began to teach them. I went to another church, and in 10 days' time, little old church, you know, in 10 days' time, he got 12 brand new families in his church. And we'd just do that again and again. Because, you see, I've got his plan. I'm carrying out his plan. And then his full blessing and full flow of the Spirit can come upon his plan. But his full blessing and full flow and full dimension of the Spirit cannot come on man's plan and on man's works and on man's needs. Now, I saw us, as I said, I looked down upon the crowd, and, and we were all clapping our hands like that. And Jesus said to me, to clap is neither praise nor worship. And that astounded me. He said, to clap is neither praise nor worship. And I looked down on us, and we were all clapping. Now, when I participated, as I looked down from up there, I could see my body here. If I wasn't participating, I didn't see myself there. 
but I would stand there with him. He said to clap is neither praise nor worship. To clap, he said, is to applaud. And clapping should be at a minimum in the services, not at a maximum. And pastors should teach their people so they'll know when to keep quiet. Tell them when, when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation. Many times, I'm going on quoting him now, many times when the Spirit of God is moving, for instance, someone speaks with tongues and interpretation, right in the middle of interpretation, everybody starts clapping. Well, they couldn't be in the Spirit because if it was, if the tongue interpretation of the Spirit, then the Spirit interrupted himself. And nobody hears what the Spirit said. Well, if, if, it, if it is the Holy Ghost saying something and we can't hear what he said, then we've either wasted our time by clapping or we wasted our time by trying to manifest the Spirit. Or in prophecy. He went on to say, many times when a word of prophecy is going forth and people begin to clap, then no one hears what's said. They miss part of it. No, he said what they have done in this area, and I'll go to another area, and then I'll, I'll say that, I'll give the illustration he gave me. He said, uh, clapping is not one thing in the New Testament about clapping. It says in the 127th Psalm, or on the 47th Psalm, Oh, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. But that's the only time, really, they, there's some incidents of people clapping, in the Old Testament about natural things and there's some scripture about the waves, the floods clapping their hands, the hills being joyful, but you know that's figuratively. But uh, there's not one single scripture he said to me under the New Covenant about anybody clapping. Now what has happened here, I'll go ahead and say that he said is, in the Old Testament Solomon, you know, when he built Solomon's temple, which is the house of the Lord, and he made all the utensils of gold. First Kings chapter 6. Now, notice that he said, let's start reading the 20th verse. And the oracles in the forepart was 20 cubits in length and 20 cubits in breadth and 20 cubits in height thereof. And he overlaid it with pure gold and so covered the altar, which was of cedar. So Solomon overlaid the house within with pure gold, and he made a partition by the chains of gold before the oracle, and he overlaid it with gold. And the whole house he overlaid with gold until he had finished all the house, also the whole altar. See, this is the house of the Lord. The whole altar uh, that was by the oracle he overlaid with gold. And within the oracle he made two cherubims of olive trees and ten cubits. And it goes on to describe in the 24, 26, and 27th verse. And then he says, and he, the 28th verse, and he overlaid the cherubims with gold. And then he says, and the floor, the 30th verse, and the floor of the house is overlaid with gold within and without. Now notice the 7th chapter of 1 Kings. 48 through the 50th verse. And Solomon made all the vessels that pertained unto the house of the Lord. See, this is the house of the Lord. The altar of gold, the table of gold, whereupon the shoe bread was, and the candlesticks of pure gold, 
five on the right side, five on the left, before the oracles with the flowers and the lamps and the tongs of gold. 50th verse, and the bowls and the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censers of pure gold and the hinges of gold, both for the doors of the inner house and the most holy place and for the doors of the house to it of the temple. Now then, notice Second Chronicles, the 12th chapter. Second Chronicles, the 12th chapter. And we'll start reading with the ninth verse. So Sashach, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord. Well, we just got through reading what the treasures of the house of the Lord were. And the treasures of the king's house. See, because you read about the house of the Lord back there, and you read about also Solomon's own house. He took all. He carried away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. And incidentally, all the treasures of the house, all of those golden instruments, instead of which King Rehoboam made shields of brass and committed them to the hands of the chief of the guard and kept the entrance of the house. And... Uh, so what he did actually was that Rehoboam made brass. Well, you see, brass, gold, notice he kept saying pure gold. It's pure. But brass is an alloy of copper and zinc. And what the Lord said to me is that in this charismatic move, move, you brought the brass of the world into the temple of the Lord to substitute for pure gold. And I can only bless you so far because you brought the, the clapping of the world into the temple, not the building. The church is the temple. Now, it's good to clap along when you keep in time with a song. But he said, you see, over when you come into the New Testament, all praise and worship should be done in the Spirit. Israel did not praise God in the Spirit. No one had the Holy Ghost, as we do. The king, the priest, the prophet, was anointed by the Holy Ghost to stand in that office. Then sometimes when God called somebody special to do a special work, he would anoint them or fill them with the Holy Ghost to do that work. But they worship God purely in the flesh. We should worship God in the spirit. We should not go back there and copy what they did, though the principle may be the same, the example may be the same, yet the practice is not the same. Are you following me now? Pastors should teach their congregation. Don't scold them. Don't do it negatively, but little by little train them so they'll know when to keep quiet. Tell them when, when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation. Now, that not only means tongues and interpretation of prophecy. Holy Ghost manifest. We'll get into that later on because you talked to me quite a while about manifestation. And I saw some things differently than I've seen them before myself. He said, tell the people, see, to reverence me by being quiet. Tell them to listen. And then when God has spoken, to lift their hands and praise me. 
You know, when you come to the New Testament, you remember Paul told, told I like to put it this way, the Holy Ghost too, Paul said to Timothy, I would that all men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. The only thing that we're told to do with our hands is to lift them up. I want you to notice, uh, somebody said, and it's, it's true, you know it's true. She said here, I would that all men pray everywhere. Someone said, praise is the highest type of prayer. You see, prayer is not what many people think it is. It isn't gimme, 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 gimme. Prayer, among other things, is fellowshipping with God the Father. Amen? You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. And we have a couple of things that I want to talk about. A book by my dad called Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And then a CD that I did on You're Not of This World. But what I'm talking about here, I'm talking about that we are part of the family of God. And that we need to let Him be in ruling and reigning in our lives. Yes. And spiritually, we are not of this world. And these are two tremendous helps that will help you get through this This coming year. year. Yes. And so listen to the announcer. He'll tell you all about it. We're offering it for $14.95. You're going to save about $4 on this. So, hey, you need to get a hold of this. I don't know how many testimonies I have heard from this book, Plan, Person, Pursuits. And I had somebody tell me not long ago that they really liked this because it helped them to realize that they do not have to depend on this world for the results. It comes from it from heaven on high. Call today and get this month's special offer now. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Tomorrow, more from Reverend Hagen on this powerful teaching. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.